0: Welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I get to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. And in this episode number 356, I am bringing Kim Sorgas onto the
1: show. I knew of him, I knew God. I could tell you all the Bible churchy things you wanted to know but I didn't actually know who he was. And I found out the hard way that the beauty and purpose really in life is, is not like the perfect circumstances. It's not like all the things that you're, you're looking for. It's actually knowing him. It's daring to know him, daring to have enough faith to say, you know what? I trust you, Lord, with this thing.
0: I originally asked Kim to come on the podcast to teach us how to get our kids engaged in wanting to study God's word, or how do we even do this thing where we disciple our kids? And what I didn't know was that she would beautifully share her testimony and give us the why, why it matters that we train our kids in God's word, how she grew up in the church. And although there were aspects of her upbringing that didn't serve her well, That it was the knowledge of God, the knowing who he was, that helped give her a firm place to stand when her world and her circumstances were anything but perfect. I mean, you may look go to her website, not consumed, and think, oh my goodness, she's this amazing homeschool mom of five kids, and she's writing Bible studies, and I don't measure up. And if that's all you took away, you would miss out on the whole of her story, how She has grown in faith through the difficulties of being a single mom, of health challenges with one of her kids. You're going to hear all of that today. She's also going to share with you some resources she has to help you grow a family culture that desires to know God more, how you can facilitate conversations with your kids around theology, which basically is what we believe about God. We all have some sort of theology, whether we believe or don't believe in God. That's theology. All of it is fantastic. I'm thrilled to connect you with Kim if you've never heard of her before. So let's get right to it. Here we go. Kim, welcome to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you today. I can't wait. Well, um I intersected with one of your Bible studies a few years ago. I still get credit for homeschooling, even though I only did it a year. People are always like, don't you homeschool your kids? No, I did that one time with one child and then actually half a year with another child and then COVID. But when I had two of my four boys home, a friend of mine had told me about your not my brother's keeper. Is that what it's called? Just my brother's keeper. Just my brother's. I'm adding words. You're not (laughs) consumed, but it's my brother's keeper. That's right. (laughs) Yes. And so we did that Bible study because I'm like, these two brothers are having the hardest time and I need some help and I need some supernatural help because I've done all the sibling rivalry tutorials. I've listened to it all. We just need to get in God's word. And so that was really helpful for me. And then something else you're doing crossed my path. And I was like, why have I never had Kim come on the show? You have so many great resources. I love connecting moms to fantastic things. So I want to get to know you more. Tell me first off, let's talk about your story. Let's talk about why you're passionate for kids and families to have a faith in God. Why does that matter to you?
1: Okay. Well, um, so I was actually raised in the church the whole Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, always in the pew kind of kid. And um growing up, I was really taught that if you check up all the boxes, you're gonna have the perfect life. So um about that lie. Uh, <laughs> about that lie, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I bought it line and sinker for real. Um I actually thought I could orchestrate all the things that make life perfect. And so I set about to do that. I, you know, I'm a big rule follower, so you know, I followed all the rules, all the little things, all the big things, got straight A's in school, you know, went to the best schools, um, you know, waited until I got married. I got two master's degrees by the time I was 22, even married a missionary kid, like all the things I checked, all the boxes, right? And at the age of 31, I found myself single, with four kids under six in a foreclosed house and $5 in the bank. And I was like, uh, Lord, (laughs) what happened here? (laughs) You know, I thought, you know, that the perfect life was in my control. And I had done all of these things. And therefore, I deserved to have what those things would lead to. And um, what I actually found was that looking for those perfect circumstances left me broken and battered and betrayed. Um, all really in, in a hopeless effort to try to get this thing that you know the world was telling me yeah you want and even dare I say the church was telling me you know this is what you're after check these boxes, stop these eyes you know cross these T's and you'll have this godly life and that really wasn't what happened. So you know one of the things that I realized as I was processing some of this was that you know I, had become a Christian who believed in God, but didn't really believe him, didn't really even know him. I knew of him, but maybe didn't know him. And I clearly remember the day I came across James 2:19, which is the verse that says, you know that the demons actually uh, believe God and I was like, oh, Wait a minute. (laughs) I believe in God. Sorry. And it was just that little in that kind of stuck out to me. And I thought, oh, you know, like I've spent a lot of time. I mean, I I grew up in church. I spent a lot of time in the pew. I've spent a lot of time in the orchestra. I've spent a lot of time at youth group retreats. Like you name it. I did all of those things. But the relationship that I needed was actually vastly lacking again, I knew him. I knew of him. I knew God. I could tell you all the Bible churchy things you wanted to know, but I didn't actually know who he was. And I found out uh, the hard way that the beauty and purpose really in life is, is not like the perfect circumstances. It's not like all the things that you're, you're looking for. It's actually knowing him. That's daring to know him, daring to have enough faith to say, you know what? I trust you, Lord, with this thing. <laughs> I know that you are only um, and always good. I know that you're in control. I know that you've got a plan. And, you know, again, I discovered life is, is really more about um, leaving your hands wide open and being willing to yield to him. Almost like, you know, bring it on, Lord, bring it on. What, whatever you've got, I'm here for that. That's what I want in my life because I know that you have the best thing and uh, not like, Oh, these are the best things that I'm planning for you to give me in my life. But I'm here for you to tell me what the best thing is in my life, whether that's, you know, kids or no kids or the timing of your kids or the genders of your kids or who you marry, who you don't marry, whether you get married or not, whether you get divorced, you know, whether or not you lose your job, like all of the things, there's so many things. And um, you know, really came to the end of the place where I realized that, you know, the good life really isn't about needing to know God's plan. It's actually just about needing to know him. And, you know, so often we wait for the situation to change and, you know, we insist on those perfect things only to find out that, you know, it's actually those circumstances, the searching and the seeking and the putting all those things together is exhausting, first of all, and it leaves us empty because we can't, we can't orchestrate these things. It doesn't matter how perfectly you dot the I's and how perfectly you cross the T's and how perfectly you choose this or this or that, or whatever, how perfectly you choose the school for your kids or you know, whatever. There's just so many things outside of our control and we don't get to predict exactly you know, what will happen. So when I was faced with, you know, my husband who, you know, uh, I have four kids under the age of six and when he decided family life was not his choice anymore, you know, I can clearly remember staring at those brake lights, you know, from the door as he's driving off and the kids are, you know, around me and I had a, I had a baby in, in utero actually at the time. And then one that was um, in bed because he was like two. And the girls are like clinging to my legs, and I'm thinking, now what? <laughs> you know, um, I did all the things, Lord. Now what? Now, now what are we going to do? And I realized, you know, really what you find in James one, I, I'm going to have to make a choice here. Am I going to grow, or am gonna? Am I going to die? You know, am I going to decide? to let God grow me through these painful things and and let him show me what his plan is for my life instead of all the things that I think are his plan for my life? Or am I just gonna cut him off and say, you know what, I'm done. I'm I'm going my own way. You know, I actually find this is the same choice that Job had, by the way, when we find him, you know, in Job 1 and, you know, all the things that happen in his life, which I I do not feel are a comparison to mine. Um, (laughs) But, you know, he tore his robe And fell into the dirt, which of course we would all do, right? Like that's normal. We're going to do that. But then he worshiped, which wasn't like, oh, you know what? I am so happy with God right now. I'm just going to do that. (laughs) That's not what he was thinking in that moment. He was thinking, you know what? I don't like this situation at all. And if you read the rest of Job, you see that like he didn't like the situation at all. But he still knew who was in control and and who could be trusted and how God could be trusted despite that. Man,
0: okay, first of all, thank you for sharing your story. I know that's um, not an easy part of your journey, but what I hear for whoever's listening is you came to find out that our journeys are not dependent on our perfection, that our circumstances are not de- are not dependent on our performance that you were performing and doing all the godly quote unquote things. You know, we always think we're saved from the law, but then we try to keep the law as if we're continuing to work out. (laughs) We're the ones saving ourselves. And so I am thankful for you sharing that realization. So someone else who's in a similar hard circumstance, I think what happens, and I don't know if you did this, it sounds like you came to the point where you trusted God, but I could see if you're keeping your end of the deal, that you would blame God for seeing those brake lights and mm-hmm. having five dollars in your bank account and the children, you're like, how? What am I going to do? And I'm curious, did you have that moment where you wanted to blame God for your circumstances? Y'all know that I'm a big thrive market fan. And I have exciting news. They have a new offer for y'all today. If you join, you get 40% off your first order and a free gift worth over $50. Thrive Market is a fantastic online membership-based market with a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. I love that I can get the products I need. This last order I put in was for some more cleaning supplies, some hand soap, and I know that I can get Great options that are safe for our home, my boys, at a fraction of the cost. And if you find a price lower somewhere else, they will match it. I also love that it's a grocery store that gives back. With Thrive Market, my membership means more for families in need and for our planet. When I join, when you join, they donate a membership to a family in need. A family that is in hard circumstances, like Kim described she was in 12 years ago, $4.5 $4.5 million have been donated in healthy groceries and counting. Can your grocery store do that? Well, now it can when you go to thrivemarket.com D-M-A. Join today to get 40% off your first order and a free gift worth over $50. That's T-H-R-I-V-E D-M-A. Get 40% off your first order and a free gift worth over $50. thrivemarket.com D-M-A.
1: So, I didn't have that moment. And um, the only thing that I can come up with that, you know, didn't lead me to just totally blame God for everything that had happened there was a whole lot of years of scripture. So, Mm. despite the fact that I didn't quite come out of all those years of church, in the right place, um, really trusting the Lord, I knew a lot of things and I knew enough to say, I am not getting through this without him. So I might be mad about this right now, but I'm not getting through this without his help. And so then I started really searching for answers and just trying to figure out, okay, now what, you know, now what do I do? And, you know, when you find yourself in a situation like that, there are far more questions than answers. And I mean, we could go, we could, we could talk for 20 minutes about the questions of, you know, do I put them in school now? My kids were all homeschooled at the time. They still are, but you know, do I put them in school now? Do I get a job? I hadn't worked in 10 years. Where do we live? Uh, What do I do with the baby that is literally in utero, you know, like all kinds of questions and, you know, how do we eat next and what, what is my part in that? And it was a long, long, long journey. It didn't, I wasn't given answers in five or six weeks or five or six days or five or six minutes, even, um, which is what I would have preferred, of course, um, I'm sure (laughs) you feel the same way. Um, but instead, like it was a long journey of me having to stay really focused on God and learning who he is and what his plan is and just trusting him. And, you know, I, I think during that time, one of one of the best books I read during that time is um, called "Trusting God" by Jerry Bridges. Really solid, really excellent book. Because I wanted to know, well, what does what does trusting God really look like? You know, what what is that? As my pastor would say, in overalls, like it's just a concept that we say all the time. But what does it mean to trust God? And I didn't really know. I didn't feel like I really knew. what I could actually do. And I am kind of a doer. I like, you know, I'm I'm a step-by-step give me, give me the checklist and I will create, give me an action plan. I'm ready. I'm ready. (laughs) Give me the action (laughs) plan. Let's go. And I couldn't figure that out. Like, what does trusting God look like? How do you where's the step by step? You know, and and there is, in case you think I'm gonna give it to you now, there isn't <laughs> one. There isn't, there isn't one. one. Yeah. It's actually just one step. And and that step is what we see in Isaiah 26, 3. You know, he you want the peace. And that's what you want. You want him to give you peace in your life. Know what's going on, right? Keep your mind stayed on him, focus on him because that's where it really is. We we can focus on him, we trust in him, we will have peace in the situation. Now, it doesn't actually say that we're going to know all the answers or anything. And I remember this illustration someone shared with me about um Psalm 119, 105 um Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light into my path. And they we were like, you know, think about this for a minute. I think this is just a really cool illustration, but you know, when we, when we hear that, we think, we think, wow, yeah, you know, the word is great. And it's kind of like, you know, it's my light, it's my lamp, it's, it's leading me. Right. But if you think for just a minute about like any kind of lamp or, and think about a flashlight and, you know, in the dark, if you've ever been on a camping trip and you've, you know, had to uh, go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, right. It's this massive open darkness. And the only thing that you can see is whatever that little tiny beam of light is giving you, which is not enough. <laughs> and you're like, is something going to eat me? I don't really know, but I've got to go to bathroom, you know, and, you know, and that's the way we have to picture really what God is giving us in his word. It's just this like little, little bit of illumination. We can see just right where we are enough. So we can get, get to the very next place. We don't have any idea what's out there. We don't see the whole picture none of that is given to us. That's all in his control. And by the way, thank goodness it is because we could never, ever do this life. If it wasn't like, we just, we wouldn't be able to, we've not be able to handle what we're not yet prepared for. And so we have to be right here in this moment, right here with our little flashlight shining the light so that we can see where we're going. And, and what shine our little flashlight for life is, God's word. That's where we find the answers. And there's not another person or another book or another, anything that can give you the answer to this one specific situation that you have, or, you know, whatever, it all comes down to like getting to know him, knowing him and reading again, and reading that passage again, until you just know that, you know, that, you know, and a few years later, to continue my story, I was gonna say, like,
0: we're all very worried about you (laughs) standing there. Pregnant with a two-year-old sleep and two little girls hanging on you? Like I'm very, I I just feel like yes, I'm all about the lamp under my feet and the next step. But sister, can I bring you a meal? Like I'm scared for you. So how many years ago was that?
1: Um we're going on 12 now. So
0: 12 years ago, you're in that situation. And then what was your light? guiding you to next because I'm, I am, I know you made it through, but I'm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we absolutely did. So, I mean, there's a, there's so many, so many fun stories we don't have time to cover even two because they're just so good, but you know, uh, little by little, we, we moved out, we, we moved into, um, a home that the Lord provided, um, a rental, um, through a fun, fun yard sale. I had a yard sale, I sold every, literally everything that was in the house that was left because he left. He didn't care. He was like, I don't even care. Like you didn't get like alimony. We're not
0: talking about like you weren't cared for. Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: No alimony, no child support, nothing. So I, for a long time, there was eventually some, but it was like four years later and then there's not any anymore. So it was just a, a few little years in there that we had some. And so we had nothing and I sold everything I owned. Literally we sold the beds we slept on. We had, we kept only pillows and blankets and like enough clothes to survive and sold everything else because I had to, I I wasn't willing to get a job because I had, by the time we got evicted, I had the baby was born because it took kind of a while before the foreclosure happened uh, fully. And so you know, I was like, I can't even afford daycare. I've got four kids that would need to be in daycare. I have a teaching degree. I have a master's in teaching, but I didn't, you know, I I knew that that just wasn't going to work out. So, and the transition for my kids really mattered to me. Like there, this was a very open thing. And it was a very known thing was all over Facebook. And, you know, the other woman was very known and it was just a, it was a very,
0: very disruptive
1: time in my kid's life. And like the last thing I want to do is change the fact that we previously homeschooled right now, maybe, you know, maybe later, I don't even know, you know, but right now you can see what's right in front of your feet. And that's not where God was leading you. Yep. We're staying here. So I went to try to rent this place and then, and the owner was like, you know, you don't have an income and, you know, we know you trust God, but we don't. So, because um, I I did make that clear. I was like, the Lord will provide, for oh. this, I promise. And they're like, yeah, that's funny. No. So, but they did, they did willingly say that I could rent the place if I could pay the entire year in advance. And I will never forget the moment because I was sitting there thinking, I mean, I was literally thinking, you know, the Lord says, yes, we're going to, that's what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to pay the whole thing. And I'm thinking, that's five bucks, you know, like what, but we did. That's what I committed to. I said, I'm going to do it. And then I had this yard sale, ridiculous yard sale. It was a $10,000 yard sale. That's what I made in the yard sale. It was like, people came from, I don't even know where, They bought things I didn't know I had. (laughs) They paid way more than they should pay for it because so-and-so said that this was why the yard sale was happening. It was so crazy. It was so crazy. And I would open the envelope because people would just hand me an envelope. It's all there. I'll take the bed, whatever it was. And I would open them and I'm like, the bed was $1,000 and they gave me four. And I'm thinking, what? (laughs) It was actually two beds. That one was two beds, but it was (laughs) so crazy. People wow. just, just so much. God provided in such a huge way. And we moved into the new house. The first night we slept on the floor with our, you know, blankets that we had kept. And we were so thankful, so thankful that we had a place to live for an entire year and we didn't have to pay anything for it. And we were like, okay, you know, we've got this. I have no idea. And, you know, we we're eating, eating out of food banks and food stamps at that point. But I knew that I was doing the right thing. You know, like we got this. I don't know what Lord is doing next, but this is what we're doing. And the next morning, I checked the mailbox to this brand new place that I just moved into. And there is an Ikea gift card for enough money for all of my kids and myself to get beds to sleep on. And I was like, what in the world? Like, I was so shocked at such an incredible, like we had done the thing we had he had faithfully walked in the dark and just like sold all the stuff. And then he provides, you know, that. And, you know, it was, it was, it was such a sweet, such a sweet, sweet thing. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm the kind of home decorator who has lots of ideas about what I'd like to put on our walls and what I'd like to have framed, but I struggle in making it happen. That's why I love the amazing new service I found called Frame Bridge. Frame Bridge makes it easier and more affordable than ever to frame your favorite things without ever leaving the house. You can add a gallery wall to your home office or send the perfect gift from Art Prints and diplomas to photos just sitting on your phone, you can frame bridge just about anything. Just go to framebridge.com and upload your photo. They'll even send you packaging so you can safely mail in your physical pieces you need framed. You can then preview the item online with dozens of frame styles and gallery wall layouts. Choose your favorite or if you need help like I do, get a free recommendation from their talented designers. They're gonna custom frame your item deliver it directly to your door, ready to hang. And instead of hundreds that you'd pay at a framing store, their prices start at $39 and all shipping is free. Plus, my listeners are going to get 15% off their first order at framebridge.com when they use the code DM. So get started today, frame your photos, or send someone the perfect gift. Go to framebridge.com, use the promo code DMA to save an additional 15% off your first order. Just go to framebridge.com, promo code DMA. Maybe like Kim, you have used your experience, your innovation, your creativity to create a product that you are offering the world. And through your small business, you are often shipping things to customers. Well, I want to help save you time and money with stamps.com. You not only save the time and the money, but also the stress because for over 20 years, they have been indispensable for over a million different businesses. You get access to all the post office and UPS shipping services right from your computer. And often you get discounts you can't find anywhere else, like 40% off of USPS rates and 76% off UPS. You are literally saving money by shipping with stamps.com. Whether it's invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop, a full blown warehouse, stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is the computer and a standard printer. Now, as a Don't Mom Alone listener, you will stop overpaying for shipping with Stamps.com. You sign up with the promo code DMA for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. So you don't have to try to figure out how much your product weighs. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter the code Dma
1: anyway, long story short, we moved to Greenville. We you know have done all kinds of other things and uh you know fast forward 12 years. My oldest is now in college, and a second child is we've they've they've still been homeschooled all this time. The Lord has provided for that. Um, he opened the door for me to begin blogging which was not something I ever thought I would do because it's such a weird word.
0: It's a weird word too. Yeah. It is
1: a weird word is a weird <laughs> concept. And, yeah. you know, I just thought I was gonna, I mean, I, I would have sat on the rocking, you know, on the porch in the rocking chair in bare feet for the rest of my life and been like thrilled. I didn't need to do anything else. Like I was fine with what I was doing and it was enough work, you know, but you know, he's, he provided for that. And I started writing, and a couple years in realized that I couldn't really make any money if I didn't make something that someone <laughs> wanted. And so yeah. I started making products and, you know, the rest of that, you know, that side of things is, it's history. We've, we've like, we've got 14 Bible studies now and, you know, all kinds of awesome stuff going on. They're all God doing all that. And, you know, providing in that way, not just for me now, but for many other families that work with us and such a, including several single moms that, you know, get to uh, continue homeschooling and um, provide what they need. Um, most single moms you get some form of alimony or child support and things like that along the way. So they usually don't have to provide it all. And it, like I said, there was a season where I didn't have to either, but it was a pretty short season, unfortunately. So I say all this to say, fast forward to 2016. So this was 2009 when all this went down. So 2016 now, and my baby, uh, the one who has never lived in the house with his dad, you know, gets diagnosed with a brain tumor. What? And. You know, it was a very sudden thing. It was like we, one morning he woke up and he was like shaking his head and he was like, I thought his brother hit him, you know, because. Yeah,
0: you know, that, yeah, yeah, I do we, know. We, I told you how this started. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sibling rivalry. I get that. That's yeah.
1: We wrote that book. <laughs> yeah. So I thought his brother hit him. And I was like, yeah, I was like trying to get ready to go somewhere that morning, like in a hurry. And my daughter was out there and I was like, where's Nathan? Find him. She's like, I think he's sleeping. Cause I'm, you know, I'm like frantic, whatever. And I'm like, what do you mean he's sleeping? She's like, I don't know, but Luke's throwing up. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like what is happening? And so it, it didn't take more than about 10 minutes from there to know something bad, real bad was going on. So I called the pediatrician. I don't know why I didn't go to the ER, but anyway, I called the pediatrician. I'm like, this is happening. And, you know, I think I need an appointment like now or else I'm going to have to go to the ER. And they're like, okay, we'll come in. Why they didn't tell me to be, go to the ER. I don't really know either. But anyway, he had the a ER seizure. Is just not enjoyable. No, <laughs> no really everyone not. wants but to avoid we that. Gone. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, you mean, if anyway. you didn't know if you thought he was, yeah. If, I mean, you just don't know you're doing the best you can.
1: Mm-hmm. It was crazy. I, I didn't really know what was going on. He was screaming. It was, it was like he's screaming in this pain, that, like holding his head like a football, screaming like someone has, you know, literally kicked him in the head. And we're like, what is going on? And it was it was pretty crazy. So anyway, he, he gets diagnosed with a brain tumor. And I remember the first night he was immediately admitted to the PICU. And the first night as I'm laying there, you know, on this cot thing in the hospital and he's laying there and there's every kind of tube and he's got, he's actually got these, um, I have a picture of it because it's so etched in my mind, but he's got these like little Things where they're mapping out they look oh, like, like little, little electrodes, Cheerios, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 um, all over his head. And it's he's partially shaved because they already know he's gonna have this big surgery, but they had to go in for another MRI to map out exactly where things were. And you know, he's laying there, and I see this, you know, Cheerio faced kid laying there. I remember thinking, oh, okay, this is our next journey. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm gonna get my flashlight out <laughs> because I don't know what we're doing with this. You know, I don't know how to do this. And, you know, one of the, the coolest parts in that moment was unlike the moment when I was standing there watching the brake lights, you know, which was just a complete moment of despair. I thought, I don't even know, you know, but in that moment, you know when my son is, you know, laying before me in the hospital, the peace was incredible. Mm. I knew where I was going. I had no idea what was going to happen to him and how it was all going to play out. And 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 being honest, fast forwarding, whatever, a few years now, we still don't really know. He's back on chemo again. You know what God has for him, but the peace and knowing that he is in control is so incredible and it makes that not a problem you know it was when i was standing there and the and the doctor said that it was a tumor my pastor was standing there and he loves to tell this story because he thinks it's so crazy that this happened this way but i my friend um who also works with me and has worked with me all these years now had brought me chipotle and because she's like, you need to eat, your sugar will get low, here's some food. And so I'm standing here in the hot, my son can't eat. So I'm standing in the hallway of the ER eating. She's standing there, the pastor walks up and the doctor walks up just a few minutes later. And so we're all kind of standing there. I'm shoveling the food in because I want to be back in, you know, with my son. And the doctor says, it's a brain tumor. And and he really didn't beat around the bush much, which is great, because I'm not really that kind of girl anyway. And so he just comes out with it. And that's what he says. And I keep shoveling the food in. And I said, all right, what do we do about that? And my pastor was like, what? <laughs> Wait, what do we mean? All right, what do we do about that? And I was like, well, that's what we got to do. I mean, like, we just have to okay, what do we do? <laughs> like, you know, I'm not going to like throw myself on the floor and bang my head. <laughs> like, what is that's, the point?
0: That's what I do. That's <laughs> what I do. Okay. We're wired differently. I'm going to cry for sure, but you have the action plan. You're the action girl. That's good.
1: You know yourself. Yeah. yeah. I knew, yeah. you know, I, I knew God was trustworthy. Mm you know, that was the difference between the two days. I knew God was trustworthy. I had no idea what he was going to do with this, Had no idea what the journey would be like. But I knew I could trust him. I knew that he was good. And I knew that he was only good. I knew he was always good. And it was like, whatever happens here is going to be fine. It's going to be in his will. It's going to be his plan A, like his best for me, not even his plan B. So I'm going with it let's go, let's do this. What are we doing? You know, we're just like, I was just so ready. All of that came from not my ability to do anything, not really my personality, even to be honest, but from time in God's word, it really came from such an incredible hunger that I had after the first experience to just know the truth. And to know, you know, the lies that the world was telling me about things that I was believing, like, you know, check all these boxes, um, but also to know who he was and and what he was promising and what I could trust him for. And I don't feel like you really know that until you really, really know the Bible. And of course, that is why I started writing kids Bible studies, because I wanted kids to understand that. It's not enough to say, okay, well, we have this problem with, you know, brothers and sisters getting along, right? Which is, which is a big problem, but what's deeper than that big problem is being able to understand that God actually created your siblings to have your back. Like He actually created your siblings so that when you go through this kind of stuff, they they're there for you. That's what Proverbs 17, 17 says. And so I wanted my kids to know the truth. That was the second Bible study we wrote. The first one was actually obey. And the reason I wrote that study was because I knew that if my kids couldn't obey God, that life wouldn't go the way they wanted it to go. You know, like I knew they had to learn to trust him. Trust comes with uh, obedience. That's how you display your trust. You obey him. You do what he's asking you to do. And so I decided I want, my, I want that for my kids. I knew, you know, it wasn't about, okay, well, I want them to do what I tell them to do. That's a very small, small drop in the bucket. I want them to do what God tells them to do, you know, and and I'm just the peon in the picture of that. You know, it does trickle down into me as their mom, um, and that's important, but it's most important that they understand how to obey him and why they would even want to bother. And if I don't give them that foundation, then it's just like smoke and lights, right? That's all they're getting. They're just hearing these things. And and we are kind of guilty about this as parents. We like to just tell our kids all the things We're like this and that. And, and I, I experienced a lot of that growing up, where it was just, you know, let me tell you this and I'll tell you this. And the Bible says this instead of, hey, let's open up the Bible. Let's see what the Bible says about that. You want to know? You have a question about that? You want to know why you should bother obeying? You want to know why, you know, this or that? Like, you've got to get into the Bible and we've got to get kids in there because eventually, the world is stealing them and the way the world is stealing them is it's twisting our words because we're fallible people you know and so if i say something about god and then my kids learn that i was wrong about something else which by the way i'm wrong about something every day um every day there's something i'm wrong about every day right and so when they find out i'm wrong about something else or if i make a mistake or if i treat someone unkindly or whatever which i'm going to do we're all going to do those things then they look at me and they think i don't know if I really can trust that. And as our kids get older, they start to see that two-facedness and then they think, well, is the Bible really, you know, cause mom just says this stuff about the Bible. This is her thing. This isn't my thing. And that is not what we want for our kids. What we want for our kids is to have their own faith. We want them to trust the Lord. They're not going to do that based on what we said, the Bible says about this or that, you know? And so, yeah, good stuff.
0: I hear that you have a deep affinity for the knowledge you were handed, but it was life circumstances that activated the knowledge into faith and trust. And your hope is to activate your kid's faith at a young age so that no matter what circumstances they walk through, they're walking with God and trusting and listening for his leading, and even if it doesn't make logical sense, or you know, even if it doesn't line up with some rules we've handed them, that it's their relationship with God that trumps the whole and i I feel like it's amazing. um I love everything you said so much i I get a lot of people ask about family devos, and I have my own bias and thoughts mm-hmm. so we may not agree even, but I'm curious, what does that look like? I heard you say, like, if they have a question to open the Bible up together, do you have in your structure of your family time, like you are the Bible teacher. There's also that debate is the dad, the Bible teacher, or the mom in your home.
1: Well, there is no dad. So exactly.
0: It's the same <laughs> with, the I, I interviewed Jen Wilkin, you know, she writes Bible studies. Uh-huh. Yeah, She grew up with a single mom. And so her mom was her Bible teacher. And even in her own home, Jen says, that's my gifting. And so my husband leads in other ways spiritually, and I lead the Bible study. So anyway, do you have like a structured time or is it that informal where they have a question, you open the Bible?
1: Yeah. So um, we do have formal stuff that we do. Um, We uh, All the Bible studies I've written, I wrote because I wanted my kids to do them. Um,
0: Is it part of your curriculum, like your day of
1: homeschooling? So at the age that my kids are at now, um, they're required to do it alone. So it's a part of their quiet time in the mornings. And then we meet and talk about it because I want, again, the kids in the word themselves. I don't want it to just be here. Let me shove this down your throat. So, um, anybody in my house over eight, um, age eight who can read the Bible, not a storybook, but the Bible is going to be responsible for doing, um, that. And then we come together and we talk about whatever we've learned in there. And sometimes it's a, you know, we talk about a discussion question. And sometimes we go way off on some tangent that they're like, this reminded me of whatever. And, you know, um, there are plenty of uh, informal times, like I mentioned, where, you know, when they ask a question, like, you know, let's say they're faced with, um, a few months ago, we went to the keys, the Florida keys, and there was, um, we do not see a lot of people who choose homosexual lifestyle in Greenville, South Carolina. It's just not really a thing here. This is the Bible belt. This is the buckle of the Bible belt. So you just don't see it much. So we're in the Keys and we were sitting next to this couple um, of men uh, on a boat and we had a grand time talking with them. We were, we were on a tour, you know, and everything. And we, we talked about them later. And one of my older girls said, so mom, um, tell me about the the guys that we were talking to, you know, were they homosexual? And I said, yeah, they were. And then one of my boys was like, well, why did you talk to them? And I was like, because they're people <laughs> and they were nice. <laughs> so it was a really good opportunity for us to say, well, let's talk, let's talk through that. Like, why would we want to talk to someone that maybe doesn't agree with something we would choose? you know why would we want to do that and so that's an informal time when we would sit down and kind of look through that other stuff but then we also have that intentional like every day as a part of our homeschool day we meet and talk about whatever it is that we're learning sometimes we're going through a study together sometimes we're not actually um they're still required to come down and and meet with us i don't really force my kids to talk um i have found that if you invite your kids in they're far more receptive the more you kind of push it down their throat and say, you know, kind of make them feel dumb or, you know, whatever, like those kinds of things don't usually work. Instead, I expect big things, you know, I'm like, this is what we're doing together. I expect you to be at the table and sit down and then we start the conversation and, and, you know, when everybody's home, there's five of us. So it's not like there's some big, you know, <laughs> big group of people and we start this conversation and sometimes I'm the only one who shares Sometimes my oldest is an oldest child. So often she'll share something. Um, (laughs) Those oldest kids, they keep us going sometimes. Um, And so she'll often share something and sometimes the other kids will not. um, And that's okay. I have found that the more you expect them to and invite them to be almost in this, you're really inviting them into the grown-up world. You're inviting them into this conversation like they're old enough to handle it because they are. And then they want to rise to that occasion. And they do eventually, um, sometimes it takes a little time, but they do eventually do that. And so that's kind of how we handle, you know, Bible study in our home. And they have questions. They'll come and say, I wondered about this verse that didn't make sense or whatever. And we might dig into it. But overall, I really want them in the Word themselves, like looking at it and, and studying it. I will tell
0: you the amount of different tools. And I mean, I've bought all of the things. I've had summers where I'm like, okay, this is going to be the summer we're going to read through John or whatever. And I've set it up and I've given them all journals and, and I, I'm not great at (laughs) keeping up with it. So I don't know, maybe I'm the only one, but sometimes I get feedback. Yes. That people are like, I don't want to make my kid read God's word, but I would love it if they chose to, is there kind of what I'm hearing you saying, it's just kind of an expectation of a family value. Do they ever get mad at you or balk or how do you handle that if
1: that happens? Uh So it is an expectation of a family value. And one of the things that I would recommend to families asking that question is um, we have a free Bible study about developing your family culture and like setting up your, your mission for who you are as a family, Um, it's just a five day free download, right? That Bible study is a really good way to help your kids buy in to what you're trying to do, especially if you haven't really done it or you've not been consistent with doing it. So you, you sit down with them and it's like asking that question. Do you ever ask yourself, you know, what do I want my life to be like when I'm 80? Well, you kind of like help your kids do that, do this Bible study. And you, we, we look at the story of Joshua. And on the Israelites, when they're um, crossing over the Jordan and getting ready to go into the promised land, that's kind of what we go through in that um, five-day study. We can't cover too much. And (laughs) and so we talk about like setting up this memorial and like, what are these things? What are the stones in our family? What are these important things to us? And then if you let your kids help you develop those things, often they will come up with on their own without you having to prod. Well, I want to know God. Okay. Well, how do we know God? Okay. We've got to read the Bible. So I'm going to help you make that happen. And one of the things that we assume about our kids, which we assume about ourselves too, by the way, is that kids know how to do that. We're like, you know, you need to have a quiet time and we'd give them a (laughs) book and push them into a room. And they're like, now what, you know, like, yeah. I need to sing Kumbaya. Should I have some incense? Like, what should I do? <laughs> like, they don't. There should know, be essential oils for sure. <laughs> if <laughs> you're homeschooled, and there's Bible study. <laughs> but they assume we assume yeah. that they know, yeah. And we didn't know either. And maybe some of us still don't really know what the best way it is to spend that time. Or there's really not a best way. Just in case you were curious, but yeah, we like, did. Assi- we would- did have
0: an episode on that just a few weeks ago. Yes, yes. There's
1: not. Yes, yeah. I like like Jen's, Jen, um, I've read at least one of her books. So we're probably right in line there. So anyway, but there isn't necessarily a best way to spend time reading the Bible. The the, the point is you did it to do it, just do it. That's the point. (laughs) I tell my kids five minutes is better than zero minutes. Like get in there, just do something. Let's read something and let's do it. And then building consistency with them. So teaching them how to build a habit. I think most kids, it's not that they're balking about God or things about God. It's that they don't know how. They don't know how to have a quiet time. We do have a resource on that, by the way, which was developed for that exact purpose. Like, how do you have a quiet time? What do you do then? And why? Why would you want to do this? Um, Because there's some really awesome reasons. And we don't actually use the flashlight illustration in that book maybe we should have Uh, but that's that's the notion that we're talking about here like we want to teach the kids okay well how do you see in the dark because life is dark there's a lot of darkness out here and we need to know how to see that's the bible well that's quiet time so how do you have a quiet time like how do you do that what does that look like and so giving them the tools i think it's probably one of the most important things to answer that question Um, but then showing up and expecting it just and then, and when i say expecting i don't mean expecting it like you will or else young man you know that's not what i mean i mean like expecting good things out of your kids like raising the bar you know expecting they're they're going to be awesome and if i notice a child consistently never says anything at the table I might go to them and you know what I'm going to say? I'm not going to say, you know, I noticed you never, you never say anything. You're not very spiritual. You know, like I'm not going to say anything like that. Instead, I'm going to say, Hey, um, is there anything I can do to help you, um, with your quiet time? Is there anything you're struggling with? Is there anything you want to talk about? You know, like open the door for them to talk to you about those things so they can come back and say, well, the problem is, and I'll tell you what the number one problem is, is I can't remember. I can't get myself together. And Heather, you just admitted that that's something you struggle with too. And and that's normal for adults. Like we can't get ourselves together. We're like we want to do all the things, but we can't do all the things. And so we've got to teach our kids strategies. Okay. Well, you know, there's a few things you can do. One, you can, you can use or an alarm, a timer, a reminder that says this is your time to do this. And you know, that's one thing we we can teach them. We can also teach them you know, habit stacking and to learn the best example of habit stacking is I, every morning when I brush my teeth, I have four sides, you know, that buzz on each time, you know, with my toothbrush and I pray for each, I have four kids. So I pray for each one of my kids for their spouses during that time. Now, why do I do that? Well, because one day I wanted to pray for their spouses and I kept like getting to get it into the right. Like I wanted it to be a consistent thing. And so what I did was I said, okay, so what do I do consistently already without thinking that I can attach this thing to that's what a habit stack is. And then I will remember to do this. So I brush my teeth every day because I'm not a teenage boy without (laughs) thinking. (laughs) And and so that would make sense. So I started praying for my kids and, you know, each side of the, You know, each time it buzzes, I move to a different kid. And every morning I'm faithful to do that. Now I'm not faithful to do that because I'm so amazing. I'm faithful to do that because I stuck it on with something else. And I came up with like a strategy for making that work. So that's the kind of stuff we need to be teaching our kids so that they can, you know, not feel like a failure and not feel like, you know, I'm I'm really just not as good as these other people who are managing to get this in. You know, we don't want that. We want we want to give them tools and help them with the strategies to make it happen. That's
0: really good. I I, do you get from parents who have kids that go to school that mornings are hard for quiet? We always attach quiet time with mornings. And I know it was easier for me to implement when my boys homeschooled and we were home and the mornings were slower. Do you have any kind of tips or habit stacking for that?
1: Yeah. So I mean, I I think that having time with the Lord at the beginning of your day is awesome, because before you make any decisions before, you know, how do you know how to do your day if you haven't met with the Lord, right? However, it's not realistic for some people. It's not realistic sometimes. And I go back to the zero minutes or five minutes you know, thing that I just shared. If if you can't get it in in the morning, you know, the morning is best. if you can get it in the morning, get it in in the morning. But if you can't get it in in the morning, because your kids leave the school bus at 630 in the morning, which which really should be outlawed. Um, (laughs) So early. Like if that's what you're dealing with, then there's nothing wrong with the evening. Make it then, make it, you know, every night when we finish dinner, this is what we do next. Or every night, you know, before I brush my teeth, I do this. Or, you know, whatever, you know, find something that you, especially if you're trying to do this as a family, what do you do as a family that's fairly consistent and that may be hard, but I also want to encourage you that one day a week is better than five days a week. Just like five minutes is better than zero minutes. So if you only get to talk about God with your kids one day because there's soccer a few other days and you can't get there. Okay, great. Well, just start with one, start with one and build from there.
0: If it's worth doing, it's worth doing poorly or infrequently. Absolutely. Well, I am sad our time is up because you have so much wisdom and your story blew me away because of God's faithfulness. You know, yes, it's sir. another reminder <laughs> that it's not if we walk through hard things, it's when and we have been given a guide and <laughs> a divine entity created the world mm-hmm. who is in us, the Holy Spirit and loves us unconditionally. So knowing him would be. Good idea. Sounds like a good idea. <laughs> Thank <laughs> very you. Good idea. <laughs> it's a really good idea uh, versus this scrolling situation. That doesn't seem to be solving my problems. Um, scrolling on Instagram. I've tried. I've tried that. That didn't solve my problems. But I really appreciate you. We will link to your website. It's notconsumed.com. So many great things. We will link to the free resource you mentioned and you're not con- at notconsumed on Instagram.
1: We are. Yes. Yeah.
0: And not consume them. Started food.
1: doing reels and they're kind of oh my gosh.
0: So. <laughs> that might save your life. That might, that might. <laughs> uh, but I really appreciate you, Kim, trusting us with your story and for helping guide us and reminding us that this matters and not to give up. So thank you.
1: It was a pleasure.
0: If you are looking for more help when it comes to this topic. Just know that this year, our show notes creator, my new VA, Stephanie Snow, has been adding related episodes, and there are at least four different ones that you could choose from to help guide you if your desire is to create this family culture. Definitely check out the links we've put in there to her uh, free Bible study on creating a life-giving family culture, and I would love to pray for Kim. I would love to pray for her family and her son and his next steps in their journey, And just pray for all the families represented, including the ones um, in Ukraine and abroad. (laughs) We all need so much prayer. Um, So let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you are a God who is good and that you are always good. And even when circumstances are not, when the brokenness of this world continues to enter into our stories, That the peace comes when our mind is fixed on you and your character that does not change. I pray for Kim and her family as they walk this journey Um, with her son particularly. I pray for wisdom for doctors and for next treatments and for his sustaining strength. I pray, Lord, for all of those out there with cancer diagnosis who are living moment to moment and in sometimes unbearable pain that you would be their their peace, their comfort. We know you go before us and that you are always with us. I pray, Lord, for those in Ukraine. I pray for you to move supernaturally. I pray for believers to rise up and recognize that it is our faith that moves that you have access in the supernatural to do above and beyond anything we can imagine in this natural world and that we would Call on you, Lord, in these times whenever we start to feel fear that we would activate our faith. I pray, Lord, for families that we would be motivated with the why to know that this is not another task, a checklist item, but this is life. This is abundant life that can be found in believing in a God who is for us, who is all powerful and sovereign and good. And I pray, Lord, that we would be motivated. I know I am in my own life to make this a priority. I pray for grace, abundant grace, and all the circumstances for all the parents represented. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, y'all, for joining me. Remember, if you want to stay in the loop with what's going on in my life, different links, my favorite things, what I'm loving, you can always get those sent to your email inbox if you sign up at Ola Heather. Ola starts with an H, just like Heather. OlaHeather.com. You can sign up to get that email uh, and join lots of other moms that are getting that encouragement in their inbox every Monday. Join me back here next week. I'm inviting a new friend on the show, Nicole Zazowski. We're going to talk about mom burnout because if it's not one thing, it's another in our worlds. Mamas are tired, and she is a counselor. She's going to give us great tips based on how our brains are wired on uh, a different kind of self-care, something that's very doable. You have the time and the ability to do this, and it really is going to shift uh, your days. So join me back here next week. Thanks, y'all, for listening and sharing with your friends. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast.